Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. 21 days of prayer and fasting is coming up. We're gonna start that the, the week we get back in January. You guys can go ahead and download. We got the download right here. If you wanna download the digital copy of our 21 days of prayer and fasting guide, here it is. If you don't wanna download it, you don't want that on, uh, on your phone or whatever, uh, we're gonna have paper copies for you. No offense, it's great. Paper copies, awesome. I ain't gonna make a joke. Paper copies will be available when we get back in January. But here's what's important. If you're like prayer and fasting, like, are you kidding me? I'm just barely showing up here on Sundays, you know? Welcome. It's absolutely fine. But in the beginning of this guide, if you need an intro to like, I don't know where to begin and I'm really intimidated by those words and please know, just check that out and read the first intro. And if you still got questions, ask one of us. We would love to walk with you in that. But let me tell you, so 21 days of prayer and fasting for me, each year we've done it, honestly have been, uh, like, I don't know, like I can't even describe, like it's been life-changing really. Like people throw that word around, but like truly transformative in my own personal life. And so I encourage you, if you're intimidated, that's okay. If you don't pray, that's okay. If you've never fasted, that's okay. Come join us in whatever way you're ready for. And I know God is gonna meet you right where you are. And I love, Tippy what you talked about, like Jesus meets you right where you are and continues with you as you are. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. I love, I love you. And uh, I know God's gonna do and continue to do some really special things in and through your life, girl. Come on now. Anybody else see that on Tippy? Come on now. I know, I know. Wait, we all see. And then I want to give you uh, the last thing I want to talk about before I jump into the word. I want to be very clear about this gathering that we have, okay? If you're not in a life group, you're going to feel like eventually you're going to go, do I fit here? Do I fit here? What am I doing? What are we doing? Because it, it's, meant, it's set up like that. We've simplified everything we do here so that you have time outside the walls of this place. Your life group the leadership of the church and what we really go after happens in and through our life group leadership. It's set up to where we have shepherd leaders in our church and we work through that. So if you're like, man, I really wanna be a part of Midtown and I'm feeling like I don't quite fit, I don't know what to do next, life group is where it's at. And if you're not ready to give up another night of your week, that's okay, you're welcome to come on Sundays. But you might be feeling that, like I just don't know where I fit. And if that's you, I want you to talk to me. I would love to hook you up with a life group. And if you don't like them, just tell them you don't like them. We got other ones you can try, okay? And nobody cares, really and truly. Nobody cares. We just know, and you are sent here with family. And we're just thankful to be doing it together. So would you join in a life group? I want to be very clear with that because I think it's easy to get sideways, especially maybe you've had a church experience where uh, you were part of a cruise liner and everything was tailored kind of all about you and you've sat there for 30 years and you still think it's all about you and I'm gonna give you a clue. It ain't about you. It's about the people who aren't here yet. So we're gonna go after them, okay? And I wanna be very, very clear right off the top that that's what we're about. 
And I wanna invite you into the best kind of life. And if you'll go after that, it'll transform you, it'll transform your block, it'll transform your neighborhood. I believe it'll transform this city. So that's what our heart is and that's where we're going. So join in if you want, or if not, there's about a hundred other churches in this town. So take your pick, you know, so let's go. Luke 2, anybody, anybody pump for the word? I'm like, I'm excited to unpack this word with you guys and it's gonna be awesome. Anybody seen uh, Christmas Vacation? Anybody? The movie? I, I know all y'all seen Christmas Vacation. You know, you know that scene where Chevy, he goes up in the, in the attic and he goes up there and he's cold and he wraps the bundles up and he's digging through his attic and he finds the little present that's like years old and he goes, Whoa. right? Anybody? You remember the scene, all right? I started thinking about that scene. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody? I feel like I have, but I was like trying to think. I'm like, have I done that? I'm sure I have somewhere. But I started thinking about what Christmas would be like if that's kind of what we did every year. Like we just pulled the presents out and we brought them back around the tree and we looked at them and we were like, oh, that's awesome. It's going to be a great Christmas. And we were like, all right, Christmas is over. Pack them back up. And we never really opened and consumed the product that we were about to gift. Can you imagine what Christmas, it would be weird, right? It'd be super strange. I want to talk about that today. And the title of my message is To You. To You. And I pray that this Christmas, uh, we unpack and open up the package that was gifted to you. Hear that? To you. It's going to be a good day. All right, you with me? Everybody with me? Let's go. So past few weeks, I've missed out. I had written the preaching plan for everybody. So if they stuck to it, I don't know. I hope they did, but let me explain, okay? So we talked about different characters of the Christmas story. And we talked about Mary. We talked about Elizabeth. We talked kind of about uh, Zechariah. And here, let me, let me tie this in. I started thinking as I was reading through these characters of the Christmas story, and I started thinking about the experience that Elizabeth had when she came and said, hey, listen, my reproach is over. I'm pregnant in my old age and everybody thought I was cursed, but now I got a kid. So my reproach is done. Thank you, God. It's a gift, right? Right? Then you have a girl named Mary in her early teens and she's also gifted with a baby. But it's not the end of her reproach. It's the beginning of a reproach. But a reproach that doesn't stay, it actually leads into the greatest gift that human history has ever experienced. Maybe you're experiencing some reproach today. I just believe there's a special message in that, that God's not done with that story. God's gonna do something really, really special and it's not over because he's still alive and so are you. So prepare yourself. I believe you're here for a reason today. But then you got this story of a guy named Zechariah who's John the Baptist's father. And the angel shows up to Zechariah. Remember last week, Tim talked about it. And what did Zechariah do? He didn't believe. And so what happens to Zechariah? When he doesn't believe, his mouth is shut and he's unable to speak. But he's unable to speak until he writes down the name of his son whom the angel told him would be named John. And as soon as he writes the name John, whew, voice comes back and he begins to praise. I believe there's a really cool message in this, uh, in this Christmas-themed story. 
And now we're gonna focus in on another group that's participating in the Christmas story. And there's just a group of crazy, probably drunk, uh, belligerent, probably criminal guys, gang members, shepherds. So join me in Luke 2 and let's check this story out. So Luke 2, I wanna read this one through seven first. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Uh-oh, they about to chip the whole world right here, y'all. This was the first time. This was the first generation where Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. What are the odds of that? And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I said, what are the odds of that? Because hundreds of years earlier, the, the prophet Micah wrote in Micah 5.2, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from the ancient days. So check this out. There is a prophecy that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. What are the odds that a guy comes forward and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tax the whole world. This forces everyone to go to their hometowns and just the time where Mary and Joseph are sent back to Bethlehem, their hometown, she conceives and gives birth to Jesus, the Messiah. Even God can redeem a tax. Come on now. No, there's a real word in that. Some of us are watching Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, whatever. We're watching those things and we're fretting and we're worried. I'm telling you, God was in the whole story of a tax. It took a tax to move Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem so they could fulfill this prophecy. Why are you worried if we got a God like that? Come on now. Yo, God is in the details of details. Hey, everybody, let's enjoy the king because he's in control. And he's been in control from day one. Why are you worried? Fret not, my friend. Oh, let that be just fresh air for your soul. God was in the taxing. God was in the registering of everyone in the world at the time because the Romans ruled everything. God had a plan in it all. And we don't got to be afraid. Let's go. I'll pray that that's a blessing to you. But hear the words. uh, Let's continue the story of the shepherds. Now let's get into what's going on with them. All right, verse 8 through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. I love that when God shows up, where the angels show up, hey, don't be afraid. Our first reaction to God when we see is terror. That's not what I expected. And God says, hey, don't be afraid of me. The angel says, don't be afraid. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for, what's that say? All the people. Have you felt like God's news is not for you, but maybe for a chosen few? Have you ever thought maybe the news is for the pastor, the guy who's up there able to give a passage, but it ain't for me? Let me tell you, what's that say? All the people, all the people. For unto, what's it say? You is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You're gonna find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on peace um, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's something really special that happens in this passage that I've never seen before. But it talks about this. It talks about in verse 10. What does it say? And the angel said, fear not for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy. Joy was in other translations, it says, to you. I bring to you news of great joy, to you. And unto you is born this day a Savior. So to you is gonna be great joy, and to you is a Savior that's gonna do something really special. But then it goes into, in verse 14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, Peace among those with whom he is pleased. The word among is not to anymore. It's within, it's inside. So what is he saying here? He's saying, I'm bringing you some joy and I'm bringing you news, but this news is gonna transform peace from without. It's not gonna be peace without, it's gonna be peace within. Because what did Jesus say in, in Luke 12, 51? He says, do you think that I've come to, to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. You're like, oh, wait, what? Did you know Jesus said that? Wait, wait, we're saying we're, we're bringing peace in us, but he's coming to not bring peace on the earth, but bring division? Yeah. You see, he divided kingdom. He came and set up his kingdom. Jesus is the king, but it runs in opposition to the world's kingdom. He said, when you follow Jesus, listen, every rule is upside down. It's got a new king in town. All authority is mine now. So listen, when you decide to follow Jesus, you are leaving this worldly kingdom and you're receiving a brand new kingdom and a brand new king. So when he says, I've come to bring division, I've come to draw the line, which kingdom do you want? The one you're trying to set up? The one some of y'all are trying to keep? Or do you want the everlasting kingdom, the one who actually has heavenly authority and is seated in the place of heaven, the one he set up, which side you want? Take your pick, but I've divided and I came, I accomplished everything I set out to accomplish. That's what Jesus said. So he came to divide the world, 
But what he did say is, when you decide to receive me, peace is no longer around you, it's within you. So why do you think these disciples, as they're living out this life that Jesus called them into, filled with the Holy Spirit, going before these rulers of governments, and they're standing with great authority and great boldness, and they're not worried about a thing. Paul's in prison talking about he's got hope. You know why he's got hope? Because he had peace within. There was no peace around him, but because peace was within him, he's all good. And guess what? If you've got peace within you, you're not in search for peace around you. And you're okay if there's not, because peace is within you. This is the brand new different promise that came with Christmas, y'all. But here's one of the keys. And what I see in this passage is that these, these shepherds, as they receive this truth, as they step in and understand, they go, hey, yo, let's believe, let's receive this and let's go check this thing out. It says when they go and they check this out, they show up, they see it's real. And it says, then they leave and they go telling everybody. They're the first evangelists, y'all. God called the first evangelists to be the ones, and get, get this, shepherds actually were not even qualified to go in a trial and be a witness they were that witness that was discarded because they were usually criminals or there was something in their past or they were a little bit dicey. So they couldn't even go into a trial and be somebody that was a worthy witness. Guess what? God chose them to be his worthy witness. God's wisdom is so beyond us. But do you know what happened when they showed up to tell everybody? The scripture continues and says that everyone was in awe and began to give praise. Why? Because God knew that if he sent the worst of the worst to those other people who thought they might be a little bit better than them, and they said, hey, listen, if it's for these guys, it's for me. It's for me too. So God, listen to this. God meets the lowest of the low right where they needed it. But God meets the one who thinks there's something right where they needed it. God's way more kind than I am. Right? I mean, how, why? God is so good. Has he met you in times of your desperate need? Have you been low before and he's met you in your lowness? Have you felt high before and he's met you in your highness? Come on now. I just know that that's my story. And I'm so thankful that we serve a God who meets us right where we need. I didn't finish reading the story, but I told y'all the story. There's three truths that I want to walk out of here today with, and I want to share those with you guys. Can I share those with y'all? And there's three truths that I want to invite you to receive today. I believe these are the truths that moved Mary. I believe these are the truths that moved the shepherds. Number one, unto you was born a Savior. It's sometimes easy, listen, 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 listen. Sometimes it's very easy to say, no, Jay, unto you was born a Savior. Hear it, receive it today. Unto you was born a Savior. Unto you. Unto you. To you. 
you receive that today? Unto me? Unto you was born a Savior. To you was news of great joy. Yo, this is news of joy. You're like, but man, like, honestly, like, I just, to surrender my life to Jesus, like, joy? I don't know if that's the word I'd use. Anybody come on now? But you see, if you know who Jesus is, you understand how good he is, then it's a great joy to surrender to the king of all joy, who it was his pleasure to give you his joy. And three, peace can be within you. And here's how. Peace within those whom he is well pleased. Where have you heard that before? Peace with whom he is well pleased. Anybody sound familiar? Remember when Jesus is getting baptized? What is what's spoken out of heaven? A voice comes out of heaven. Do you remember? And when Jesus is coming out of the water, the word tells us that a voice speaks out, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So what this passage promised is that peace would be within someone with whom he is pleased. And maybe you're sitting there, you're like, God ain't pleased with me. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you something. God was pleased with his son, Jesus, and peace dwelled perfectly with him. And at the end of Jesus' life, he offers those who followed him, he says, my peace do I give to you, not as the world gives, but I give you peace the way I give. He was saying, the world does, if you do this, then I do this. Or, hey, you really deserve a little bit of this, you know? I'll wait till you're ready for the other half, you know? He doesn't give like anybody in the world gives because he's not of this world. He gives perfect peace to those who come to him. I was walking the street a few weeks ago and I'll never forget this lady. God prompted on my heart to go talk to her and I walked up to her. She's a little bit older lady, so I was a little bit intimidated, I ain't gonna lie. And she was like, she was dressed like super, like fabulous. I don't even know the word. Like it was just super like trendy. And I was like, whoa, what is this person? I don't even know, walking downtown. And uh, she's walking on the street and I walk up to her and I'm like, this is gonna go terribly. You ever have that in your mind? You're like, this is about to be bad. Like I'm gonna get shut down. It's gonna be embarrassing. And I was like, whatever, let's go for it. I was like, uh, hey, uh, I really think God put on my heart just to talk to you and I wanna pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for? She said, just pray for world peace. I said, what a beautiful prayer request. I said, can I tell you something that World peace has been offered. I just began to tell her about Jesus. I told her the story about Jesus. I just told her the simple truth that God came as a man. His name was Jesus. And he died for the sin of the entire world to make peace with them and God. I said, we no longer have to work toward peace. Peace is offered. You can have it. She looked in my eyes. No lie. And I bet she was in her late 60s. I am not lying to y'all. Her name was Margot. It's a cool name. And Margo looked at me and said, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Peace has been offered to all people. 
And I went to a, I went to a, a service this morning and I heard a guy say, uh, and it was, it was profound to me. But he said, the reason that some of us feel like we don't, uh, that peace isn't for us, is you might sit here and say, I don't deserve peace. Or you're sitting here and you're saying, I don't need peace. I don't need it. I'm good. I got peace. And if that's you, truly that's you, at the end of this life, does what you have right now get you? Are you good? <laughs> you good? Because momentary peace is an eternal peace. And the idea of momentary peace might not actually be the word peace. Peace comes from shalom, like the presence of God. Maybe you don't know peace. And this guy, he told a story about a guy who came up to him. And um, the guy said, I'm just, I just don't feel worthy of, of this. I don't feel worthy of this. And he was an ex-military guy. He went overseas and went to war. And he came back and he was like, it wasn't the things that my commanders told me to do that I feel so guilty. It was the things they didn't have to tell me that I did. And I'm not sure that God could ever like forgive me. I'm not sure peace is for me. This guy asked him, he said, well, what should be the punishment for what you've done? Answer that question for yourself. What should be the punishment for what you've done? Do you think it would suffice for somebody to strip you half naked, beat you with a whip, not just any whip, but one that's tied together with bone and metal and hits you with rods so bad that you're unrecognizable? and then hand you a piece of wood and say, now carry your cross up that hill so we can nail you to the tree. Would that suffice? And I want to tell you that this happened for you. And Jesus did it for you. So you never had to go through that. It's paid for. And peace can be within you because Jesus says, I don't give like everybody else. I give like I give. And I did it all. So do you need peace within yourself today? Come to the one who can actually give it. Have you searched for it everywhere, high and low, unable to find it? You'll find it today. I wanna open this up now. If God has spoken to you in any way, I'm gonna invite you to move. I'm just gonna set this time up for a prayer. I'm gonna ask y'all just play in the background if y'all can. You can play Stu. How has God spoke to you today? I'm gonna ask that you would respond today as he's, as he's spoken to you. Father, I just ask that you would move among us now. Thank you for, uh, thank you for your gift that you offer every single one of us in this room. If you've never had peace, you can have it. But peace comes through the one who actually has authority to give it and his name is Jesus. Just call to Jesus and say, I need peace with you. and he'll give it to you. Bring him all that you have.
And maybe you're here today and you've experienced peace, but maybe today you don't feel peaceful inside. I wanna share with you a passage that says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. The word to be filled actually means a continual thing that happens over and over and over. So maybe you have access to the Holy Spirit, but maybe you need a fresh flow. Maybe you need a fresh touch from him. Just tell him. And the word says, if a father who is evil knows how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give to those who ask for the Holy Spirit? But maybe your prayer for God has been, hey, God, do this. Do this. It's going to bring me peace. Change my wife's heart. It's going to bring me peace. Change my husband's heart. It's going to bring me peace. Give me a new job. It's going to give me peace, God. Do, give me money, God. It's going to give me peace. But maybe God just wants to give you his presence today because that's what he offers would actually be the peace within your soul. None of those things will satisfy you. Come to the one who wants to give you the good gift of his presence. And would you turn and be divided from the thinking of this world as if it will bring you peace because it will not. Let's respond and move today. Would you move in faith today? Father, give us the grace today to not look at that package, but open up and consume it. God, that that truth will go deeper than maybe it's ever gone before. God, it would touch places in our soul that have been wounded and hurt and broken by others. God, that you would write and heal our soul today. God, that peace would come within. And as peace is within, we're no longer in search for it outward, but you compel us forward like the shepherds. God, rejoicing because the news is great joy for me, God. God, I pray that you would bring joy back in our soul today. Many of us in this room, just, we just need a fresh sense of joy from you, God. God, I just pray for the grace that we would taste deeply and that this would move us from this place like the shepherds were moved with great joy because the message was for them, God. God, start a fire in some today and reignite it for others, God. God, move us from this place, God, filled with your treasure, God, to send out and move and share and give away as you've given to us so free. Thank you, God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I feel like a holy moment for a second. This package, if you still feel like, man, I'm just not there, I would love for you to come and I would love for our prayer team to pray with you. We got a testimony coming. A guy came last week and just experiencing peace because he asked us to pray. He just wanted peace. He's God met him this week. It's special. But the present is for you. You can unwrap it. You don't have to just look at it. You can pick it up and you can taste it. And when you taste it, guess what happens? You're moved in it and by it. Put down the other food, the other presents that aren't even presents. Throw it away. The peace of God is for you. Have it. Come to Jesus and have peace. And then be moved in and by his peace. You can have it. It's yours. It's yours. Have it. Have it.
heaven. What would you do if you had complete peace now? What would you do if you actually had perfect oneness with the king? What would you do? What would you do? Like the full authority of Jesus is actually yours. What, what do you do? What would you do? Go do that. No, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Go do it. Watch. The Holy Spirit came upon them to be what? Witnesses. To do the work. If you go in the work, says the Holy Spirit will show up in the moment you need it and give you everything you need. Go. Go. He's with you. You have received it. You're like, wait, what? What? No, you, you've got it. If you call on Jesus, you've got it. Go get it. Watch him show up. Miracles. Watch. Profound. Go. What would you do if you had perfect oneness with God and you didn't have to work for it anymore? You're good. Go. Off. No, for, no, for real. You can stand up and hug three people because we're going to work. Let's go. 